welcome to Woodlawn. We're so glad that you've joined us. Now, Laura and I have just returned from a vacation, and we were so excited because we were going to have in-person worship today. The only problem is COVID had another plan. I was going to get to see you. You were going to get to see me up close and personal. We were excited about getting together again. Believe me, I'd much rather be preaching looking into your faces than preaching in the dark looking at a little light on a camera in the back of this room. But it just didn't work out that way. But I'm glad that you're here because today I want to talk about a term that you may never have heard of before or realize is in the Bible. It's the term sanctification. Have you ever heard that word? i got to be honest with you, even though it's a biblical term, I really never was familiar with it until I went to seminary. And in seminary, I learned from Scripture what sanctification is all about. So I want to tell you about it today, and I'm going to begin with an opening illustration that kind of helps us understand a little bit more about sanctification before I give you a definition for it. There's a pastor named Matt Chandler. He said he came home one night. His son, Reed, was playing Xbox. He said his son's chores around the house were to clean his own room and then to vacuum the entire house. Those were his chores. He said, Reed, you need to go clean your room and vacuum. So Reed did that. He cleaned his room. And then Matt said he heard the vacuum cleaner turn on for about 45 seconds, and then it stopped. And then Reed came and found his daddy, Matt, and he said, Dad, I'm done. I'm through vacuuming. Matt said, Reed, Superman couldn't vacuum the entire house in 45 seconds. Let's just go look and see. Are you sure you did it? Yes, sir. Uh Uh-huh. I'm through. So the father, Matt, took Reed's, the son's hand, and they went and they walked around the house together. He said, over in the den in the corner, it looked like somebody had taken a whole bag of goldfish crackers and just dumped them on the floor while they danced on them there. He said, Reed, did you vacuum that? He said, no, sir, I didn't see it. He said that he took him around to other places. And Matt said, he said, Reed, did you vacuum here? No, sir, I I didn't notice that. And over and over again, that was the theme. Reed said he'd vacuumed, and he probably did in one space, but he missed a lot of places that needed to be cleaned up. And over and over again, Matt said it reminded him of that Gospel of John line that says, where Jesus says, we will make our house with you. Because the Holy Spirit makes his house in you and me as Christians. And when he does that, he comes to us and he says, Now let's look into the corners of your heart. Let's walk through the home of your heart together. Now, did you notice this little point of sin right here? Let's get that cleaned up. What about this corner over here? It's kind of in the dark. It needs to be straightened up as well. And over and over again, the Holy Spirit lovingly points out to you and me the areas of our hearts that need to be given to God so that we might be cleansed from all unrighteousness. He said, let's get that cleaned up. It's going to begin to smell. It's going to begin to attract bugs. It's going to be a dirty place there. We need to straighten that out. Today, we're going to talk about how sanctification is really that experience of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts and lives. 
Over the past few weeks, we've learned that Jesus is the X that marks the spot over every journey we take in life, from the beginning to the end and everything in between. I want to take a moment and talk about what we've talked about over the last three weeks. Now, the first week, you'll remember that we learned about the journey of knowing Jesus. That's the first step. You've got to know Jesus in order to walk with Jesus. You've got to meet him. You've got to have a relationship with him. And then the second thing we see is that he speaks into our hearts and and our minds and we listen. And the second thing is that we learn for him to abide in us. The Holy Spirit abides in us. We invite Jesus into our hearts. His spirit lives there. And God provides everything we need to grow and bear fruit. And then last week, we learned about how Jesus calls us all to participate in the Great Commission. That's simply telling other people about him, expressing our faith, telling our testimony, our story, and letting other people know that they can have a relationship with Jesus too. And today, we're going to talk about the journey or the process of sanctification. Now, what is sanctification? Sanctification is a big word that in general terms means the state of proper functioning. Let me explain. To sanctify someone is to set that person apart for the intended use by the designer. So a pen is designed and sanctified to be used to write. Eyeglasses are used to improve our vision. In a theological sense, there are sanctified things when they are used for the purpose that God intends. By definition, when you and I live the way God intends us to live, He's setting us apart. He's sanctifying us. He is making us go on to perfection so that someday when we go to heaven, we will be made perfect. And meanwhile, We are a witness to those who watch us, to see us, those who listen to us every day. To sanctify a person is to set them apart and to make them holy. So in our journey, we are to live the way God intended for us to live. Sanctification is a process that begins with a rebirth in Christ and it ends at our death. And every moment in between, the Holy Spirit works in our lives to change our desires to match the desires of God. In other words, being a Christian is becoming more like Christ. It's being more Christ-like. And so our whole lives, what's happening is that God is really literally, He's taking us on to perfection. He's working in our lives here so that we'll be ready to go to heaven and there He will, be, he, he will make us perfect. We will be made perfect. And so Christian perfection and being holy as God is holy, that's a tall order for you and me as human beings. And in fact, it may seem impossible, but with the help of the Holy Spirit and being made righteous by the blood of Jesus, we can become more like Jesus every day. You see, we can't make ourselves righteous. There's no way we can be good enough. But Jesus makes us righteous because he died to pay for our sins. And then our job is to surrender and to submit to him daily so that we become more like him and that others see him in us. 
Sanctification, more than anything else, is a process. I've repeated that over and over intentionally because I want you to see it's not instantaneous. It's something that God continually is doing in us. Think about it this way. When you and I are trying to lose weight, we don't just get up in the morning one morning and automatically, wow, I lost 30 pounds. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. I wish it did. What happens is that we've got to watch how many calories we take in and we've got to take, uh, make sure we take time to exercise so that we burn those calories off. If we eat too much and don't exercise enough, then what happens is that we get out of shape. But if we eat what we're supposed to and we exercise enough then we burn those calories off and then the weight begins to drop off so there's a goal in mind and it's up to you and me to do two things to eat right and to exercise when we do that drink plenty of water then what happens is our body participates in the effort and the weight comes off now the sanctification process is the same way you see, God has set us apart for His purposes, and He has cleansed us from sin, but we have to cooperate in the growth process. We have to wake up every day and decide, hey, I want to live a healthier spiritual life, and so I'm going to exercise. I'm going to walk with Jesus today, and I want Him to rub off on me. I want Him to be in my life in such a way that I learn more about Him and I become more like Him. So what are the ways in which we can aid in our sanctification process? Well, Paul talks about that in the book of Philippians in chapter 2, and he says this, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. Now, in other words, when we read that, we believe that both God and each believer have specific responsibilities in the sanctification process. God is at work within you and me as Christians by the power of His Holy Spirit who has taken up residence in our hearts. But we have to continually choose to turn from sin and be obedient to God. As we do our part, the Holy Spirit empowers us then to be victorious and to be obedient to Him. In Galatians, the fifth chapter, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We have to be sensitive to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us, guiding us through life, showing us what to do and what not to do. That's why it's so important for us to have a quiet time every morning of our lives and to be cognizant that we're walking with God every day. Now, how can we live in the Spirit? Well, there's three ways. We need to study the Bible. We need to get into God's Word because that affects our spirits and our minds when we read His Word. Now, the first thing He does is He washes us. You see, God's Word is like taking a spiritual bath. It says in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the Word. 
and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or blemish, but holy and blameless. Now, the part I want us to focus on here and what Paul is saying is this. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. So in other words, when you're reading God's word, he says keep your mind on things above, those things that are pure and spiritual and holy and just. He's telling us to focus on the things in life that are worthy of our thought and worthy of our time. And so he's using that as a spiritual cleansing when we expose ourselves to his word. The Bible, you can think of it this way, is like spiritual soap. There you go. So you need to take a bath every day, don't you? I know you do. I do. And so it's important for us to read his word. The second thing the word does is it trains us. In 2 Timothy, it says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that being a servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see how God's working in us in order that he might use us to be a witness for others. The verse says that the word does a great deal for us. It teaches, it reproves, and it trains us in righteousness. The Bible shines into our hearts and lives and reveals sin to us. And the Holy Spirit then begins to change that as we surrender and submit to him when we read his word. And if we complain too much, he might lead us to the scripture that says, do all things without mumbling or complaining. If we get in his word and we see the desires of our heart, we want them to be the desires of his heart. In other words, we want him to transform us and sanctify us. The third thing is the word can give us peace. In Psalm 119, it says, great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. Now, the Bible talks about a peace that passes all understanding. It's not a peace that the world has to offer. It's not a peace that you and I can get on our own. It's a peace that only God can give. It's a peace in the midst of conflict. And the Holy Spirit can give us that peace. Even though we may be going through a very difficult time, we can have peace in God. Nothing can give you that kind of inner peace except God. And when you and I are right with God, then we've got that peace. And we get that through being with him and reading his word. And then what he does is he takes away our doubt and he helps us to be overcomers with whatever we're facing. We can trust God at his word, but we have to be willing to learn his promises in order to cling to them. See, the Bible is just filled with God's promises. And if we read his promises and we memorize them and learn them, then we can call on them because God always keeps his word. When we put our faith and trust in God and meet him at his word, he will cleanse us, he will train us, and he will give us the peace that passes all understanding. Now, by spending time in the Bible and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in His Word into our hearts and minds, we become sanctified. Every time we enter into God's Word and find something new about God or about ourselves, we are pulled closer to God's heart. God says, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. The more we know God, the more we love God. The more we love God, the more we want to obey God. 
when we realize how special we are to God, then what he does is he changes us and we can't help but be changed. Now, what else can we do to be active in the sanctification process? Well, the second thing we can do is pray. Prayer shows our trust in God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. What happens is God lays something on our hearts to pray about so that we can pray about it so that he can answer it. Did you know that prayer really starts with God? He puts something on our hearts and minds, and it's something that we have a burden to pray about, and then we pray, and then he answers our prayer. Isn't that wonderful that he does that? And so nothing that he does in our lives, nothing that we do in our lives, we can't say, there's nothing we can't say to him in prayer. We can talk about everything that's happening to us. God can use prayer in a mighty way in my life and in yours. Let's talk about a few things that happen when we pray that sanctify us. Well, first, prayer builds our faith in God. Nothing can build your faith like seeing your prayers answered. I promise you, if you've got a prayer concern and you pray about it, God answers your prayer, you've got an assurance, hey, he answered my prayer. I know he did, and it makes all the difference. In my Bible this morning, in my devotional, I was reading about Hezekiah, the king, and Isaiah, the prophet, came to him, and he said, God says that you need to get your house in order. You're going to die. And Hezekiah prayed to God, and he asked him that he might live. And Isaiah, God prompted Isaiah, the prophet, to go back to Hezekiah, and God said, I want you to tell Hezekiah this. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. And I am going to add 15 years to your days. Can you imagine asking God for more time in life? Lord, I want to be with you. I want to live for all eternity with you. I just don't feel like my work here on earth is done. Could you let me stick around a little bit longer? I've heard your prayers. I've seen your tears. And I'm going to answer your prayer. I'm going to give you 15 more years. Do you think that affected Hezekiah? I mean, can you imagine? Everybody he ran into from that point forward, he's got to say, hey, I was at death's door. They said I was going to die. I had this boil on my body. And then they said, put some figs on it. And it, God just healed me. And he said, I'm going to give you 15 more years of life. That'd be the last thing he'd be doing. For the last 15 years of his life, he'd be telling everybody he met, God answered my prayer. And God can answer your prayer too. Isn't that powerful? Every time you see that God has heard your prayer and responded, it changes who God is to you. You learn that he can be trusted and that he is reliable. And when you surrender your needs to the Lord, he will come through for you and you will grow and be sanctified. Now, second, prayer cultivates closeness with God. When you spend a lot of time with someone, then what naturally happens? Well, you get closer to them. When you spend a lot of time with someone you love, the more time you spend with them, the more you love them, right? When you really love somebody, it's easy to spend time with them. If you and I really love God, it's easy for us to spend time with Him. 
God and prayer are there available to us all the time. And all we have to do is turn to him. He's never too busy. He's never in too big of a hurry. We can pour out our hearts to him and he will listen to us and respond. He wants to hear about our days and our fears and our struggles. And sometimes all we need is for him to listen to us as we get things off of our chest. Now, Proverbs says this, iron sharpens iron, and it's referring to relationships. As Christians, you and I are supposed to be iron sharpening iron with our Christian brothers and sisters. Imagine that we are picking up God's characteristics because we are spending so much time with him in prayer. It would change us to be more like Jesus. And then third, prayer changes the way we pray. Now, that doesn't sound right, but it is. Sometimes when you and I pray for something, it's not what's best for us, and God has to point that out, and then he has to show us a different prayer for us to pray because there's something he's put on our hearts that's better than that. The first couple of times, we may not sense it. We may not be open to it, but we begin to see how God is leading us to pray in a different direction. Bible study and prayer are two ways that help us cooperate so that we might experience sanctification. And then third, there's fellowship. When we're around other believers, they teach us the things we don't know. I really want to be around those kind of people. Have you ever had a friend who loved you enough to speak the truth in love because they care about you? Boy, if you don't have one like that, you need one. The Bible says in Proverbs, one who is un- has unreliable or One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You and I need that friend who sticks closer than a brother. And then fourth, we need to learn to give. Giving changes our heart and makes us more like Jesus. When God gave, he gave everything he had. He gave his son, and he wants us to be like him, and he wants us to be givers. And then fifth, we need to share. We need to share Jesus with others. We talked about this last week. Nothing can grow us more as a Christian than talking to unbelievers about God. You have to learn about him in order to tell others about him. When you share him, then you grow in your faith. Now, I want to wrap this up, and I want to share a concluding story with you, and I hope this will help you understand. This is really the truth. They've just discovered this recently, and I want you to listen because it's all about a process, and it's similar to sanctification. In the past, the only way to study how a caterpillar is changed into a butterfly was to cut open the chrysalis, or to x-ray it, and in both of those instances, the caterpillar would die. But not too long ago, National Geographic reported that they have a new micro-CT scan that shows how metamorphosis takes place. Metamorphosis is a radical change in form and function, and research shows that the insect's makeover is a mix of destruction of its old ways and being and thinking combined with new ways of being and thinking. The National Geographic article notes, certain cells die in the caterpillar and the body parts atrophy. Meanwhile, other cells in place since birth begin to rapidly expand, and the adult emerges completely remodeled and capable of flight and possessing a completely rewired brain. 
So now that caterpillar has turned into a butterfly. That's what we experience in the metamorphosis of sanctification. We only get a short time on this earth. We need to get to know God, spend time with Him, share Him with others, and then we need Him to make the needed changes in us so that we go through a metamorphosis, a process of sanctification. And when we do, we'll be glad we did, and it'll have an effect on other people for the better. Let's pray. Father, we're just so grateful that you created us. You know how our bodies function, how they work. You're the great physician. It's amazing to us how you put us together. We just, we marvel at what you've done. And Lord, you spend our whole lives transforming us so that we might become more like you, not just for our benefit, but for others so that we might be a witness to them. Lord, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you've blessed me. I'm grateful that you've saved me. I'm grateful that you've healed me. I'm grateful to be home out of the hospital and well. And Lord, I want to spend the time I have left on this earth being a witness for you. You've given me some more years, and I'm grateful, Lord, and I want to share my faith with others. And so I pray, Lord, anybody listening to my voice today, I just pray that they might be willing to turn to you and say, now, Lord, would you work in my life? Would you sanctify me? Would you transform me into what you want me to be? And, Lord, I'll just try to cooperate and be obedient to the still, small voice of your Spirit speaking to me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.